In the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. They'll eat your guts and spit them out. And when your bones begin to rot, the worms remain, but you do not. So don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by. For someday you'll be next in line. And when death brings his cold despair, ask yourself, will anyone? Macabre may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Cat calamity? Yeah. Let's just say I tripped and ripped my pants. Oh. Yeah. So, that was fun. Oh, well, the only thing I can say is <laughs> glad you are home when that happened and not somewhere yeah. else. Because that happened to me at work one time, and I didn't know oh, it until no. I went outside and caught a breeze. <gasps> oh, no. So I don't know how long I was walking around work with my pants ripped. Dude, <laughs> I am so sorry. Well, I was honestly... like in my 20s, so I was like, eh, whatever. Um, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Uh... Oh, no. I have to blame Lanny because Lanny was the reason why it all fucking happened to begin with. <sighs> I can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's gotta, like, as soon as he sees you, like, and he, sometimes, I don't want to say his name too much because I might call him over here and then I'll start, you know, singing He'll the cat choir. Recording in your mic. Yeah. Up on the desk. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, he, he's gotta be around me at all times and He's got to be rubbing his butt up on me. Love me, love me. It's like Sounds dude. like my dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get a grip, dude. Fur babies. Mine has social anxiety, uh, separation oh. anxiety, and he's definitely a stage five clinger. <laughs> <laughs> that is also my cat. <laughs> Mostly Lanny. He's the worst and the most vocal. But That's hilarious. <laughs> Today. Oh no! Were they <laughs> pants like something, or were they yeah. like your favorite? Oh. They weren't my favorite, but I mean, they were getting a little bit older. But mm, I just, I tripped, went down, heard the rip. Mm. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That sucks. That's okay. Just kind of seems like that's kind of the morning we're having. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll try to recover. We'll try to pull yeah. our stuff together here. Um, yeah. What is up, listeners? Looky loos, freaky friends, deadly darlings, macabre hotties. We are back with another episode for you. And if you are not a Patreon member and you're wondering what the heck what those the heck? names are, <laughs> those are our Patreon tiers. So if you yeah. love the show and you want to get access to content early without ads, plus, you know, some other cool bonuses, be sure to join us over on the Patreon. And I think we have some new members to give a shout out to. Is that we right, Blair? Do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have to give a big shout out to our freaky friend, Lori A. Thank you for being a freaky friend. We love having you here. Thank you for joining our party. And we have our very first Macabahati, which 
That is the top tier on our Patreon page. Shout out to our Makabahati, Chris S. Thank you very much for being a Makabahati and joining us on this freaking crazy awesome journey we are on. Honestly, thank you so much for those of you who have gone out to join us. It means so much to us, and we cannot wait to give you more content and to hear from you. We want to hear your comments on our videos, and if you have any other things that you want us to cover, we totally want to hear about that. Yes, we do. Well, speaking of that, today is Hometown Macabre, and this was actually submitted by one of our listeners. So this is our first official submission. Yes. So a shout out to Jay for sending in this hometown macabre piece of dark history and for allowing me the opportunity to do research on on this topic today. Thank you, Jay. You might be asking, what are we going to be covering? Well, on this episode, we're going to travel back to a dark period in history when train robbers thieves and vigilante town mob lynchings were a thing and this actually happened in the town next to where i grew up so very local this is crazy crazy yeah and it didn't happen all that long ago to be honest this happened about 125 years ago to me that's really not that far back when you Mm -hmm. look at history as a whole And it took place in the tiny town of Versailles. And no, we don't pronounce it the way it should be pronounced, Versailles. We are not that fancy in Indiana. And we also (laughs) like to put a little twang on everything. So the town, we call it Versailles. And um, before we get too deeply into the episode, I wanted to read a couple of newspaper headlines from this particular event to kind of set the stage. Oh, I can't wait. This is right out of the newspaper. It says, in Indiana, a mob gets excited over petty thefts and hangs five men to trees who are charged with robbery. One soldier who fought for his country is lynched. Of course, no one knows any of the murderers, which I will explain that all later. That's uh, one of the more interesting parts of this story, actually. This is the story of the hanging tree in Versailles, Indiana. This event took place September of 1897 in the small town of Versailles, Indiana, population 500. It's crazy to me to think about the fact that this event happened, like I mentioned, not that long ago, 125 years. So it was right before, think about World War I, not that Mm -hmm. far from World War II, and The neighboring town, the town that I grew up in, is called Osgood, Indiana. And it had even fewer people living there at the time because it was established in 1854. So Mm. it was very, very new. And the reason that that town was established is because the railroad was put in, came through that area. Oh. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, they're like, oh, the railroad's coming through. We're going to set up an establishment here. And in this story, both towns actually play a role in the lynchings. Oof. Before the Civil War, in 1854, the railroad went through the area en route to Seymour, Indiana. With it came the Reno Outlaw Gang, which consisted of a group of four guys 
Mr. Reno had brought his four sons. They initially swindled people out of money, playing crooked card games, and then that wasn't enough. So they escalated their crimes to burglary, and that still wasn't enough. They eventually caught a train from Seymour, Indiana, when they got word that the train was carrying money to St. Louis. They snuck onto the baggage car, held whoever was guarding the baggage car at gunpoint, and kicked him off the train, killing him. So pretty freaking brutal. Um, Damn. Sounds just like it's out of a movie. Yeah, really. This gang is actually not the gang that I'm going to be talking about later, but... So just keep that in mind. What? They were actually Ooh. captured by the local townspeople. And the townspeople there were not happy about the fact that they were hopping trains, killing attendants. So when they captured them, they hung these people in their jail cell in Seymour, Indiana. So this is oh, the damn. first incident. But this is not my incident. This is probably at a town that's... Uh, maybe like 40 minutes away. So this was the first one. But it's important to know that one of the younger members, whose name was Lyle Levi, was not hung with the group. Now, this part of the story, I had a little bit of difficulty kind of filtering out why he wasn't hung. I -hmm. think it's possible that he wasn't with them when this particular event happened because... um, they don't always, they're not always together all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sometimes they break off and they do other crimes. So for whatever reason, he did not get hung. Um, mm. And the surviving member, his name is Lyle Levi, he ended up joining the Civil War and fought in the war, was injured in the war. And at one point he fled to Indianapolis Uh, which is the state capital, and he kind of just hid out there for a while. Then he decided to form his own gang and called it the Levi Gang, and that was in the 1890s. And that's where this story really takes off. Mm. Wouldn't you, like, think, even if he was younger, I mean, wouldn't that have been a lesson that you think you would have learned? You would think, but it was, I mean, I don't know. Criminals are criminals are criminals. Mm -hmm. I think just jumping on trains in general would be a very risky thing to do. And I know at Mm -hmm. some point, because train robberies were so common, I think that the guards and attendants had weapons and... You know, people got mm-hmm. fed up with that. So, yeah, you just put yourself at risk constantly. But right, I don't know. It's a lot of money. So yeah. that would be, I guess, it's appealing for some people. It's worth the risk. Once he started the Levi gang, they became notorious for robbing people's homes. And the reason they chose to rob homes were because people didn't put their money in banks like most normal average joes did not keep their money in the banks they just Mm -hmm. didn't trust it and when you're talking about a small town people know who's who in the town people know who has money who doesn't have money so it would be really easy to target the town elite and that's Mm -hmm. exactly what the levi gang did in the summer of 1897 in the town of osgood A local family 
a man named John Boltman, who was 80 years old, had taken some of his hogs to sell them in town. That night, a group of men broke into the Boltman home to rob it, expecting to find a bunch of money. But Mr. Boltman didn't have any money from the sale of the hogs because he had actually used it to pay off some debts. Mm. Yeah, so they picked the wrong night, apparently, to, to break into this house. Now, the men, when they got inside the home, they made this poor guy's elderly wife. Her name was Adeline Boltman. She was 93 years old. They made her stand barefoot on top of a stove. They filled it with logs and stoked a fire in order to try to force her to tell them where the money was hidden. Holy shit. And she didn't have anything to tell them, you know? There was no money to speak of, um, at least allegedly, and she she didn't say anything. Consensus was that there wasn't any money um, because, like I said before, he had actually just happened to use it to pay off his debts. And Mm -hmm. so the gang, instead of, like, taking it any further, they just took whatever petty cash they had on hand. They grabbed some jewelry, and they took a firearm. This firearm was a double-barrel shotgun that had come with the family on the boat when they had immigrated from um, Belgium to the U.S. in 1857. Now, this gun is significant because it does show up later. So this is important, a little important piece of information. So they got that stuff. They basically just hightailed it out of there. Uh, They got away with it. And not too long after, the local county sheriffs got a tip that some of the Levi gang members were going to be robbing uh, what was called the Woolies Brothers Store and Post Office in another neighboring town, which was called Correct, uh, Indiana, which is a tiny, tiny, like way tiny. It probably had 25 people in it at that time. Yeah, super tiny. But for whatever reason, um, it it had a post office, which is funny. But yeah, <laughs> so, so the sh- sheriff had found out that there there were a couple of guys that were planning to rob this spot. Um, I know that the post office had money on hand and other things of value. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff was like, "Let's just take some deputies down there. Let's just hide out and wait for these guys to show up." And they hid their horses across the street in a barn and they just waited for these guys to show up and you can imagine that once they actually broke in all hell broke loose like legitimately the men were completely taken by surprise it would have been just like one of those western movies you know i'm saying like yeah total chaos guns blazing bullets flying everywhere and one of the guys um, one of the robbers, he slammed the sheriff's arm inside the door, like trying to like, you know, push Ooh. and block him. And the mm-hmm. his arm being inside the door, he like lost control of his gun and ended <gasps> up shooting himself in the hand. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. And then there were at least 30 shots fired between the deputies, the sheriff, and the two robbers. And somehow the two robbers were able to get 
uh, outside and they hopped in their getaway vehicle, which was a horse and buggy. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I know. It's <laughs> crazy. And of course, you know, the, then you just envision this and the sheriff's got his hand shot and the deputies are running outside, guns blazing. They have to run to the barn, hop on their horses, take off, try to chase these guys. And the guys, yeah. you know, being in a buggy, like you're not very agile, right? Right. You're, you can only do so much navigation with that. So they yeah. ditched it. They jumped out and then they took off to the woods. Oh. And oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> they got away. Holy shit. Yeah, they got Even away. with the horse and buggy and being like, oh, no, this ain't going to work. Unhook it and go. Yeah. They still. <laughs> oh, my God. They got away. Um, So it, it, even though they got away, not all was lost. It didn't take long for them to find the guys. They had a really good, clear ID on the two robbers. They knew them as Bert Andrews and Clifford Gordon. And they were known members of the notorious Levi gang. The men were actually arrested the following day at the home of Will Jenkins. Gordon and Andrews were both pretty messed up. Gordon had it the worst. He had been shot three times in the torso and had mm. also taken a shot in the leg. And Andrews had also been shot, but it doesn't detail his wounds. So Gordon was mm. kind of like had the worst of it. Oof. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like no medical treatment. <laughs> yeah, you that's got exactly what I was thinking about. Three holes in your torso and one in your leg. I'm surprised you didn't just bleed out. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so those two guys were arrested as well as the um, Will Jenkins who whose house they were at. And he was arrested for association with the gang members. Mm -hmm. And the sheriff recovered the stolen shotgun from the post office robbery and was able to identify that as belonging to Mr. John Boltman, which connected the two men, Gordon and Andrews, back to the Levi gang. And then they were like, well, we need to figure out the situation with this buggy. And mm -hmm. they went to Lyle Levi, the leader, and he said that the buggy had been stolen that night and that he was not associated with any of these people. Lies, <laughs> lies, 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 but they didn't buy it. So he got arrested as well. Now we move <laughs> a little bit further in time, not too much because now we've got these guys and we need to have a hearing to figure out if there's going to be enough evidence to hold them. Mm -hmm. Um, so on uh, September the 14th, a hearing was held to determine if there was enough evidence to hold Lyle Levi and Will Jenkins under arrest. Enough evidence was presented to keep them at the jail. Now, this is where we get to the real macabre part of the story, because people will be people and people are horrible to other people. Mm hmm. It wasn't until about 9 p.m. that the accused were taken back to the Ripley County Jail to join Andrews and Gordon. Another known member of the gang whose name served him well, Henry Shooter, was also <laughs> being held at the jail for holding up a local barber shop a week prior. These guys were busy, right? They hid yeah. every 
spot they could imagine. And I just had to add this line in here. Hide your grandmas, hide your wives. They robbing everybody. <laughs> if you know, Clearly. you know. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> uh, and then even like today, typically back in those days when someone was being taken to jail, mm -hmm. I, you know, normally they would have the sheriff escort the prisoner or right. they would have like a deputy or whatever the case. But because the sheriff was recovering from his injuries, mm -hmm. they um, they ended up sending three different deputies with with these guys. And the deputies also stayed at the jail to stand guard and kind of just keep watch. Now, mm -hmm. word travels really fast in small towns, even without, I think everything was done by telegram back during this time, but the newspapers were pretty fast about publishing information too. Mm -hmm. So the newspapers had already published, you know, that these guys had been apprehended and the town people were pissed and they were very hungry for justice there have oh. been so many robberies and the locals do not take kindly to people breaking into homes of the elderly and making a poor 93 year old woman stand on top of a stove in her bare feet not yeah. to mention they they rob the barber shop they try to rob the post office and mm -hmm. let's not forget, you never steal a man's gun. Yeah. <laughs> never. So what did the people of Ripley County do? Well, the reports vary on the number. Some say 200, some say 300, some say 400 people got on horses and met up with a sinister plan to hang all five gang members. They formed a vigilante mob hellbent on revenge. And folks, <laughs> we've got ourselves an old-fashioned town mob. Damn. Legend says that a certain group of men drew straws that night to determine who would break into the jail and who would be responsible for hanging the five members of the Levi gang. The men rode on horseback, avoiding the main road in town, and headed for the Ripley County Jail around 10 o'clock at night. And I imagine what that might look like in my mind. You know, right. you're trying to not be seen. You're taking all the back roads. It would have been like those, those illustrations, I would think, in like Frankenstein, where yeah. those townspeople have their pitchforks and their torches. But yeah. in this case, it would have just been very um, discreet on horseback. And they even had like, they wore bandanas and stuff to cover mm -hmm. their face to protect their identity, which is crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> they were serious. Oh, they were very serious. <laughs> and to give you an idea of the distance, so they probably would have traveled about 12 miles, I want to say, depending on which part of town they were coming from in Osgood. If it was the far end of town, they probably maybe only went like six or eight miles. But anyways, mm -hmm. that's a decent little night ride, right? Yeah. I don't know if they were moving fast, slow, probably fast, I would guess. Mm -hmm. um, horses can go pretty fast. 
So they they eventually met up in an area that's now known as Versailles Lake, which sits just outside of the town of Versailles and is part of the Versailles State Park. As they moved closer to town, more people joined the mob. The men, as I mentioned, were um, had their faces covered and they were all wearing kind of the same type of clothing. You know, a mm-hmm. um, lot of everything kind of looked the same back then. Mm-hmm. Nothing fancy, probably a lot of workwear and things like that. Um, so everybody pretty much looked the same. So it was hard to know who was who. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they rode into the town in groups of eight across. And then the group of eight had rows and rows and rows and rows and rows behind them. Damn. Now, we have to remember that many of these men probably served in the Civil War, and they were riding just like they would have if they were marching into battle. Mm. And this is where my brain is like, could you imagine... And I don't know what the jail looked like at that time, if there were jail jail cell windows. Right. And then all of a sudden you just see this mob of people riding up on horseback and then they just surround the jail. Yeah. That would be terrifying. (laughs) Absolutely terrifying. And for the people that weren't even prisoners, you know, the actual like the guards and stuff too, because what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Now, the men who marched up to the jail, they had a pretty sneaky plan to get inside. This is like movie worthy. I'm telling you, someone could make a whole movie on this, um, this story. The men who had drawn straws allegedly went up to the jail and tried to enter under the premise that they had a prisoner that they were delivering to the jail. And Hmm. the jailer must have believed them because he opened the door and let them in. To his surprise, he was met with a bunch of guns pointed in his face. So, obviously, you know, you're like, like, (laughs) this is not the job I signed up for. So, (laughs) uh, let me get the door for you, sirs. Yeah. And no more guns in the face. Yeah. No, I didn't. They don't pay me enough for that, basically. Nope. What he said. Um, they forced the jailer to give them the keys. He did not want to give them the keys to the cells, but again, he didn't really have a choice. Right. So he gave them the keys, and then the men started entering the cells. The first cell that they entered was that of Lyle Levi, and they told him to put up his hands, to which he did not respond. So immediately they shot him. Oh. One bullet is said to have entered his heart and the other one struck his body. And this was on the coroner's um, report. And then the man in the cell next to Levi was Henry Shooter. When the men approached, he begged for his life, pleaded for his life. He knew that things were not going to be ending well for him. Mm -hmm. And the mob like picked up the stool that was inside and beat him over the head. And they also did the same to Will Jenkins. So now the three men, Levi, Shooter, and Jenkins were all dragged out of their cells and into the hallway. The mob then went to the second floor of the jailhouse where the two men who had robbed or attempted to rob the post office 
were being treated for their injuries. The mob members placed a noose around each of their necks and dragged them down a flight of stairs. Oh. And let's remember, both of these guys are pretty messed up from bullet wounds. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah, we're just going to drag you down the stairs by your <sighs> neck. Um, and then they basically took all these guys and put them in one area. Once all five men were together, one of the members of the mob is quoted as saying, pull on the ropes, boys, and hurry up. Oh. Isn't this a crazy story? This is crazy. <laughs> It makes you wonder, uh, too, with, like, if it if it was true, like, if it was up to 400 people that were out there assisting, how many of them do you think were coming from neighboring towns, too? You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <sighs> so, of course, after that, all the men were dragged out of the jail down another set of steps and into the street. They were dragged down to an elm tree that sat on the west edge of what was once known as Cliff Hill Cemetery. There were five ropes already positioned in the tree by other members of the lynching mob. One witness, who was not involved in the hangings and just happened to live nearby, heard the men crying and pleading for their lives. He described it as gut-wrenching, but the cries fell on deaf ears. He also said it was the voice of an unnamed, prominent Versailles man who gave the command for the men to march towards the hanging tree. And then he counted out loud, one, two, three, up. And the ropes were pulled tight. And so the five men were hanged. Hmm. Makes you wonder who that would have been. Yeah. Well, wait, there's more. <laughs> oh, the branches were eventually cut off of the tree, and the tree was cut down a few days later. Three of the gang members are buried in the Greendale Cemetery in Versailles, Indiana, today. What's worse is that the very next day after the hanging, hundreds of people from the town gathered, and none of them had anything negative to say about the events. No one blamed anyone or asked questions about who was involved. It was more like they were happy to see the men dead. So there was no remorse. The town was totally like, yippee, yay. Wow. We did it. And of oh. course, the, when the governor of Indiana got word, he was pissed. He sent a telegram so. to the, yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> he sent a telegram to the sheriff and said, basically, you need to employ whatever resources you have to apprehend apprehend these people and the telegram which i'll read to you now governor is hot all capitals indianapolis indiana september 15th governor mount has sent the following to the sheriff of ripley county wire me at once the particulars of lynching that has occurred in your county i further direct that you proceed immediately with all the power you can command to bring justice to all parties guilty of participating in the murder of five men alleged to have been lynched. Such lawlessness is intolerable and all the power of the state, if necessary, will be vigorously employed for the arrest and punishment of all parties implicated. Signed, James A. Mount, Governor. Wow. 
And what that resulted in was there were, to what I could locate, about 50 men that were questioned. Mm -hmm. You won't be shocked by this. (laughs) Every, Every single one of them said they were attending a barn dance in different parts of the county the night of the event. All of the suspects and witnesses corroborated each other. All of them produced an alibi, and no one was charged with the crimes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this was definitely something that was very well thought out and was organized by somebody that was a very prominent figure, like we were talking about before, that knew the ins and outs of how they could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did see one article that mentioned a couple of names, but there was no, no follow-up. Um, so I don't think anything ever came of that. Um, as far as I know, <sighs> part of the story was um, told by um, a relative of John Boltman, who was the family home that got robbed. Mm-hmm. So he he was telling the story that had been passed down to him. Um, and there were, he even said that, no one ever ratted on anybody. Like it just, that's crazy. There, there was nothing that they could do. Uh, and also this is to go, goes to show you how the town is. They have a commemorative plaque. <laughs> and the plot of the original hanging tree is now home to a subway sandwich shop. Yummy. Oh, my gosh. The shop used to be a video store called the Hanging Tree Video. And when I was a kid, we'd go there and rent movies. And I remember, you know, thinking, what a weird name for a video store. But I had no idea that it was connected to this story. And they, like, displayed it proudly as their business name. Oh, my gosh. And also, I have heard a rumor that it was haunted. Really? hmm Well, I mean, I could understand why. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm curious if the subway, if any of the employees at the subway have ever experienced anything strange or unusual. Right? That'd be worth an ask because... Mm. I can't imagine that it really would have changed with just the buildings being, you know, demolished and then reconstructed. And I'm still hung up on who the hell organized it. Yeah. I mean, it could have been connected to the businesses that were, you know, yeah, attempted. Like the one guy was in jail because he had tried to rob or he did rob the barber shop. Mm-hmm. The post office, that's a big deal, but that was in another town. And um, I went to school with Boltmans, like family of the Boltmans. That was one oh, of the biggest wow. names. And I just, as part of this discovery, I realized that they were the first family, like one of the first families in the town that I grew up in. And that to me is just crazy. And, that's crazy. you know, they did well yeah. for themselves. And it's just, it's funny to see, like, just, you know, going to school with those kids. And I think they did 
their family did very well. They were in farming and all that for years and years and years. And just to hear this story and how they're connected is kind of crazy. Yeah, that is insane. That really wasn't that long ago when you look at, you know, the span of things. And I'm sure that, I I mean, I don't want to, you know, assume, but I'm sure that there are family secrets within the town of what truly happened and that gets passed down. Yeah. Most definitely. I, and the gun is still around because it was included in the video that I saw. Um, I'm curious as to who has it now. Yeah. But probably still in the family. If it was an heirloom that came from Belgium. Yeah, oh, I'm curious. Man. Curious if one of my classmates has it because they're all adults now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most of the guys are buried right there in the cemetery in Versailles. Uh, and then I think a couple other ones are buried in other places. So you can legitimately go to the cemetery and see their graves. That's crazy. Somebody does need to make a movie about this. <laughs> Apparently lynchings were pretty common. The fact that one happened, you know, before this and one of the members got away and then he ended up being hung. Even yeah. though they shot him in the heart and the whatever other part of his body, they still hung him. So I don't know Damn. if he just didn't die from the gunshot. Um, and yeah, the tree was cut down. And now we have a subway. <laughs> and now you can eat while you think about <laughs> what happened here. Small towns, I tell you. Everybody's yeah. got a story. That is true. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So that is it for this hometown macabre. It's hometown macabre, right? Yeah. Hometown, hometown macabre. macabre. Yeah, that's it for this episode. And uh, where to find us? I'll try to go through this quickly. Um, website is macabpod.com. If you have a hometown macabre story you want to share or just a topic that you want us to cover, leave us a message. You get up to five minutes to record. Mm-hmm. You can always start over, add more time if you want. Uh, also, if you prefer to just write in, you can send an email to thatsomacabre at gmail.com. Follow us on IG, the Macabre Pod, Facebook group, Macabre Podcast. And of course, we would love to have you join us on Patreon under yeah. Macabre Podcast. So you Yay. can get perks and ad-free content and early access to things and just special events. Um, definitely join us there. The lowest tier is $3, you know, mm-hmm. so we try to make it so that it's attainable for everyone and we really appreciate your support it really helps us out a lot the one thing i don't think we've asked for recently is the biggest way that you can help us right now if you just want to show your support is just leave us a review you know hit that hit that star button five times bing 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 did i do that right bing 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 bing. yeah yeah and then (laughs) leave a comment (laughs) hell yeah We want to hear from you guys. 
it helps a lot. It helps the show to grow. It helps um, potentially put us on like the new podcast list. And then the platform would start recommending us to other people. So mm-hmm. that would be great. We love our Patreons, but you yes. know, you, we really love the reviews and ratings. That's so crucial at this point. Yes. We want to hear from you. We want to connect with you guys. We know you have more crazy stories to share, so please don't keep them a secret. Come give us the deets. We want to hear about it. And then this will be posted. By the time this is posted, what you can look forward to next is um, we'll be releasing the G episode for Green River Killer, and then Mm. we've got H for (laughs) Henry. Henry VIII and his his wives. Baby mama drama. Oh, yeah. Like the most, the most drama. (laughs) Like Desperate Housewives of Henry VIII. (laughs) So that's coming up in June. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for helping us to continue doing this. We love doing this and we hope to keep doing this. Heck yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye.